This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Blues Focus podcast airing every week on YouTube, Apple Music and Spotify. I'm Kieran, your host for this episode and joining me this week I've got Elliot. A couple of talking points, get straight into it. A uh, one-all draw with Rotherham. Elliot, what were your thoughts on uh, point of the weekend? Uh, Uh, I thought it was predictable, I guess, wasn't it? So, um, like... Obviously, I had high hopes that we might take three points and um, you know, put a couple of goals past them. But I think inevitably, it was uh, quite a tough contest, really, on paper. Um, but yeah, uh, considering we were 1-0 down with two minutes to go, I was quite happy with a point in the end. Yeah, I mean, it sounds stupid to say it when they scored with, like you say, three minutes to go up or whatever it was, but... It's a game last season where you know for a fact we'd have we'd have we wouldn't have found the uh, the balls to get back into it so late in the game last season. Um, we'd have just gave up at that point. So you see the immediate differences he's putting into place there. But like I say, almost predictable. I think of Blues after the first couple of games. Don't matter who's in charge, we can never seem to shake that <laughs> that air of predictability around us whenever we play a team we should be beating. Yeah, I think that was it's been the case for the last couple of seasons, hasn't it? Sort of since I would probably say or well, definitely since Monk went and and hundred percent since Rowett went, that we've got a sort of soft underbelly to us and when it comes to size that we should be beating, um uh we haven't. Um so, yeah, in a way, having gone 1-0 down, like I say, I was quite pleased to see that we grinded a point a point out of that one in the end. Um, we could have uh, quite easily lost that in the end. But, um, yeah, I think going forward, um, there's a lot of positives to take from that performance, I think. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a game of too many chances, really. Um, I think... Obviously, a lot of the, the new signings are going to take some time to bed in yet. Still, 
Um, you know, you've got to give them time to, to understand each other's game. You've still got a few to draft in after that as well. You know, um, Leco and San Jose has got to come in. So it'll be interesting to see over the next few weeks how this squad develops. But one thing I spoke about with Callum last week, um, and I'll mention to you, is where do you see San Jose fitting into this side? And it, presumably if he's in the midfield too, who, who does he replace? Um, I think at the moment he replaces Clayton, which is disappointing for Clayton because I think he hasn't put a foot wrong since he's come to the club. Um, I think Sanjic has been a lot more comfortable uh, in the four-two-three-one formation, or maybe didn't look so comfortable at the weekend having to sort of uh, play in the four-four-four-two. But um, yeah, I can't. If you're going to drop, you're going to drop one of Sanjic or Clayton at the moment. I'd be dropping Clayton, and that's not through any fault of his. It's just that he's probably the slightly least stronger player in that sort of central defensive midfield position. Yeah, I mean, I think one issue you've got is is potentially if those Sanjic and, and San Jose do they really complement one another rather than doing the same job. But again, um, Crank has obviously got a plan in, uh, in store for all players he brings in. You'd, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd have thought that's the reason they're on his, we're on his wanted list. So I suppose we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. And with 46 games, there's uh, enough playing time for everyone in there, yeah, I'm sure. I think, but, yeah, just quickly touching on that, uh, the central defensive midfield position is really crucial for what we want to do this season. I think... We've been crying out for a player that can put his foot on the ball, dictate the uh, the tempo of the game, and control and control the match. Basically, um, I think Clayton's brought that. He's brought that in. He's brought that into our game. I think if San Jose is going to come in, he needs to do a similar job, uh, but better than what Clayton's doing at the moment. Uh, and I don't know, I don't profess to know a lot about the player myself. I don't watch a lot of La Liga. Um, but it comes with big credentials, I think. So it'd be very interesting to see what he brings to the team when he comes in. And I mean, no doubt that he'll come into the team in the next couple of weeks when he's, uh, when he's fit. Yeah, and uh, worth pointing out, like you said, credentials, another player through the door since Crank has come in that is a, a leader in the group which uh, obviously we're seeing a bit of a trend with um, Clayton uh, George Friend similar as well someone who you know brings uh, that influence and that ability to, to just to talk to the uh, his squad mates on the pitch and really get the respect of his of his teammates straight away. I think that's crucial because last season there wasn't much of that in there. You look at the players who came in last summer in Villalba, Crowley, great players, but do they do they command that respect? And it, it's you know, completely different, isn't it? Again. But yeah, another thing you notice from the weekend started out with the four four two. Juki and Hogan, the uh, pairing that worked so well pre-lockdown last season, yeah. but didn't seem to work in the 
Karanka 4-4-2 of the weekend. So how do you see it? Who's the number one striker out of those two so far? And are we going to bring in another striker before the window closes? That's a difficult question, I think. Um, I think in terms of who is our most important striker, uh, I'm going to say it's Djukovic. I think he's our most important striker. Um, In terms of how we want to play, I think it's going to have to be someone that's obviously more mobile, quicker. Uh, I think we've known this for a little while now. If we want to play a lone striker or two, wide forwards off the striker, the, the main striker's got to be mobile. Um, I think the ideal scenario would be a sort of uh, hybrid of Djukovic and Hogan rolled into one. Um, I think I think we still need another striker. Um, towards the end of this window, I definitely think we need to be bringing in another striker, someone from the Premier League that's not going to be playing any games this season for their club. Um, we can get sort out uh, a good loan. Um, so yeah, like I say, before we came on, we were just chatting about sort of potential names, and obviously there's a couple of names that were bandied about the other day, which were slightly laughable. Don't um, worry, we're going to talk about those shortly. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got the list hand. He's ready. He's ready. He's, he's poised. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, we're not. Obviously, going to be in the market for someone like uh, you know, Ryan Brewster or anything like that, like you know, what Swansea had last season on loan. Uh, but we do need someone in a similar mould. Um, so yeah, I definitely think we should be in the market for another striker or or right forward, right footed forward. Yeah, I think interesting you mentioned Brewster, that's one on the list that we're going to touch on because it has a has made a couple of the uh. Blues fans on Twitter, well, they've had a good laugh at the uh, person's expense who put this list together, so thank you for that. Um, but I think the thing with, you know, look at the likes of Ryan Brewster, he, he was obviously talented before Swansea got him last season. I think that Cooper in charge there, it kind of, he had him with the England setup, didn't he? And finding that sort of, that sort of talent for the, the championship on loan. I mean, obviously this year he's proved himself in the second half last season with Swansea and just got himself a Premier League move by the looks of it to one of a number of different clubs. But it's a it's about taking a calculated risk, surely, isn't it? So one of the names you mentioned before we, we come on air is uh, Delap at Man City who scored on his, on his debut. Um in the in the cup last week, did you see enough for us to maybe you know? Do you look at him? Do you look at another one of City's youngsters, Chelsea's youngsters? They seem to have enough usually. It's a difficult one. I think if we'd have if Crank would have come in a couple of weeks earlier, we would have. I think we would have been all over someone like Troy Parrott. Uh, unfortunately, he's now gone to Millwall, uh, and. He'll be a very good player for, for me all this season. When he's fit, obviously he's got to get fit um, and whatnot. But yeah, someone someone in that mould, basically. Someone that's young, hungry, not going to get first-team football this season. Um, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think off the top of my head players in the Premier League that we could potentially go for. But the problem is, is, is you know, 
20 odd other clubs in the championship that are going to be looking at the same sort of players come uh, you know transfer deadline day so it's, it's it's a difficult one I'm happy with what we've got at the moment but I just think with a couple of injuries here and there we're going to be very short uh, in the forward in the forward positions and like you said before we started talking centre back as well so I do think we need I do still think we need at least two more players to come through the door before uh, before the transfer window ends. Maybe we'll end up with a with a lovely surprise by no one expected the San Jose transfer and before you know it we're being told that he was in for a medical. So maybe there's a couple more of those in the pipelines. Yeah. You never know, do you? Yeah. But we uh, we definitely need one or two more faces. Hopefully not just squad players either. Hopefully people who bring some actual, some sort of quality into the team that merit a starting place. If you've got healthy competition in every single position on that pitch, it can only boost your chances for the season rather than bringing someone in who just knows that they're going to be used to plug a gap if there's suspensions or injuries later on. Yeah, I suppose we'll see what happens. And before we forget about the list, let's get straight on to it then, because uh, it's a very interesting list that someone put together. Um, here we go. So, first one on the list, if we go through them, because, uh, yeah, that's what we do here. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> so I know your list. I know you're eager to go through this list. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It made my day when I read it on Twitter, and... Ever since then, I've seen people commenting on it. I just, I can't get enough of it. I, I don't know what it is. You know, I don't want to knock any Blues fans, but whoever put this together is absolutely delusional. So we'll start with, uh, the first one was Jack Clark on low. Now, we've spoke about it on the podcast before. That was actually a realistic one. So it's a good one to start with for them because it just goes downhill from here. Um, pretty much confirmed at the start of this, this week. That, that was not going to happen. But that's a worried man. I mean, would you have been happy if we bought Jack Clark in on loan? Uh, yeah, I would have been happy, actually. Looks like a, a really good sort of two-footed player. You know, I was quite impressed with him when he was at Leeds, but he did go to QPR last season and he couldn't, he couldn't get on the pitch. So, but then he was behind Bright... Uh, I say Samuel and and Everichy Easy, so it was you know tough for him to get into that sort of forward three. But I would I would have liked Jack Clark as backup, yeah. But I actually I think we need someone that's going to you know not be backup. I think we need a player that's going to come in and, and challenge to to be in the starting eleven. That's what we need to be bringing in players now. We don't need you know I don't want like we touched on again before we came on. Uh, I don't want squad. We don't want squad players coming in. I want I want players that are going to come in now and they're going to get in the first team. Because I think every single name on this list after that <laughs> guarantees yeah. being the uh, starting lineup pretty much. So the next one was Joel Linton on loan, which I think you took a, you took a shine to when we discussed this off air. Joel Linton on loan. Yeah, I mean, uh, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't take him if he was on offer. Be dreadful. 
Do you know he did score Bad. one Premier League goal last season, actually, which is uh, only one more than the entire Blues squad? Fair play. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, you know, I'm laughing now, but you know, he's a Premier <laughs> League striker at the end of the day, still. So, um, I watched his penalty tonight. I would have put, I would have put money on him missing. So, I mean, that says says everything really. So, I don't normally get bets right. I should have put money on it, but. Um, no, Joe Linton, that's laughable. He's probably on about 90 grand a week as well. So, yeah, yeah well, next. <laughs> Newcastle's, um, Newcastle's £40 million pound sign in the last window. We're just going to uh, bring him to the championship on loan. Uh, next one. Pretty sure this player has turned us down several times in the past as well. Right, so that's Joe Linton's a no then. Next one on the list, which is a player I'm pretty sure has turned us down several times before, Leo Bonatini on loan. Does that one take yeah. your fancy at all? Um, when was the last time he played a game? Did he go to Forest last year in the end and play about Oh, four? yeah. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, he went to Forest. I don't think he did a lot, did he? I don't think he'd done anything. No. Just like that Rafa Murr they got, who we were supposedly after as well. He's done absolutely nothing since he's gone there. Doesn't ever get a game. They just signed all Blues' yeah. targets and kept them in the reserves, didn't they? Well, thankfully, yeah. Thankfully, they got them and we didn't. <laughs> yeah, you say that again. Well, that's, we'll, uh, we'll write Bonatini off the, uh, the wish list, as I know that. Next one. Um, they just get better and better each time. So the next one, uh, Mate Vidra for £5 million. I mean, the I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he's playing at the moment for Burnley. I know Chris Wood's fit. I know Barnes is out. I'm pretty sure he's making the bench, at least for Burnley at the moment. Um, he's in and around the first two. In the yeah, he's, in around, he's not going to leave. He's not going to leave, is he? For he's not going to leave for us. Let's be honest. Uh, this is the problem: the disparity between wages in the Premier League. And a championship is huge now. Unless you're a team that's just come down and you're getting thirty million pounds in parachute parachute payments, um, no one's paying these wages. So to even think about looking at someone like Matej Vidra is just ludicrous, to be honest. Next, <laughs> uh, I believe he was at Huddersfield at one point. Now in the Bundesliga, uh, Robin Quasson. Eight million pounds. Yeah. You see, uh, figure. That's the figure that this guy was yeah. quoted anyway. I wouldn't spend one million pounds on him. Um, no, I'm okay, thanks. What uh, Huddersfield rejects? Let's just look at where Huddersfield are right now. Um, no, I don't want him. Just another, another immobile striker that can't get around the pitch. Might be a semi-decent sort of finisher, but. I mean, I wouldn't spend money on someone like that. Yeah, next. Uh, the next one. I, I like this one. I like this one. Um, uh, in no way realistic at all, but um, Theo Walcott on loan. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure his wages <laughs> alone for the year are worth more than pretty much every single signing we've made this window so far. If I... 
guessed at roughly what he's on. What about hundred probably a week, maybe? It, he makes Harley Dean look poor, doesn't he? So, I mean, if that's possible. Um, no, thanks. I mean, listen, I wouldn't say no to a player of the quality of Theo Walcott. Um, but do we do we want to be paying someone to come and play for us for a season on, you know, like say, 80 grand a week? It's not really what we, sh- we should be aiming at doing. We need to be... Uh, you know, he needs to be targeting young talent with, uh, you know, potential, you know, with potential. You know, not gonna, not just looking for a last payday. You know, someone going through the motions, basically. I'm going to, uh, if you talk about young players with potential, then I'm going to jump a few for now. We'll, uh, we'll <laughs> pick them back up. But uh, on a permanent deal, uh, they want us to sign Damari Gray back for £10 million. Well, I know for a fact that he's worth a lot more than £10 million right now, market value. He's probably worth around twice that. Uh, Tottenham were touted at getting him or looking at him. Again. Um, again, yeah. Linked to so, Liverpool in the, the past few weeks from what I can remember seeing as a... I think, to be fair, before they saw on Jota, but uh, yeah. nonetheless, you don't sign a player that's just been linked with the Premier League champions in the Championship. Listen, I like I like Damari Gray. I think he'd be superb in the championship. But again, you know, he's on probably sixty grand a week. He's you know he's going to have suitors in the Premier League. It's just it's it's a non-starter. It's not it's not even a conversation. Next one. Next one. Um, a player that's literally been announced somewhere else today. Uh, they wanted us to get Adam Ola Luckman. Yeah, from uh, uh, from Leipzig, if I remember correctly. I think he as was. you said, yeah, you just said prior to coming on, he's just gone to Fulham. So, yeah, and, and, and another stupid one, really. It, it's just it's not it's not within our budget to be looking at players like this. I, whoever's put this uh, list together is probably just having a bit of a laugh. I think. I hope so. I really do because I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they are. I mean, just reel off some of the other names on there. Ryan Brewster, Ricky Puig, Stefan Jovetic, Sandro from Everton, Daniel Sturridge on a free contract, and Umar Nias. Just come back to the... No, just Umar Nias. Sorry, just Umar Nias on that list alone tells me that this has to be a piss take. It has to be. I I don't want to hear Umar Nias linked with... My club, uh, as I'm pretty sure a fan of any other club in England, it, it feels the same. I've watched him I'd... play football, and to say he's not very good is being complimentary. I think um, the fact that is that Puig at Barcelona. Yeah, Ricky Puig from Barcelona, who uh, Ronald <laughs> who Ronald Koeman has told that if he gets himself a loan to a top flight club this season, he can be in Barca's lineup next season. Um, yeah, because obviously, because yeah. obviously every single Barcelona player in their midfield at the minute is about forty years old. So mm. but he's he's a shoe in, isn't he, next year? So uh, obviously, oh, think... what he really needs is a loan <laughs> spell under Carranca at the Blues. Forget forget that list. I mean, it's, it's obviously a piss take. So, I mean, I, I obviously living down south, I've got friends who support, you know, QPR, Millwall, Chelsea. You know, I, 
I was chatting to a friend tonight, a mate tonight, who's a QPR fan, and it, it, apparently they're in from uh, Macaulay Bond from, uh, is it Charlton? Yeah, oh. I'm sure it was Charlton. That'd be a good signing if we were to go for someone like that. Also for Andre Green. I know Andre Green's at, uh, you know, the um, lot over the road. Um, but again, another good player. Um, definitely a championship level. I just think these are the sort of players that we should be eyeing up. Um, you know, but that's my opinion anyway. Well, don't, yeah, I don't see why. I mean, if you sign anyone from Charlton, it's not costing you a lot of money either. Let's be honest, you know, they need the cash. I know they've just been took over, but, you know, they're not in a, in a position where they can demand four million, five million pounds to take someone away. You know, Dylan Phillips is arguably one of their better players in goal. And what was he going to be, a million pounds if we signed him? So yeah. they're not in a position to demand, to demand huge fees. Macaulay Bonnaby, no. a good addition to the squad. Um. Some Blues fans still won't let the uh, the Corley Woodrow thing die out. Um, again, I know there's still a couple of weeks left of well, what is there a week left of dealing with um, clubs abroad, and two weeks after that, or another week or so of dealing um, with other English clubs. So I think if we went for a player like Bon, you've got a couple of weeks left to do a deal. So I'd like to say watch this space up to, with at least for another striker, I think. But you see a lot of Premier League strikers of like you say, Troy Parrott has made the move to the championship. Uh, Jordan Hoogill's gone permanently, I think, to Norwich from West Ham. Have <sighs> we missed a trick in not inquiring for these players sooner? I mean, I know we're waiting for Karanka, but with a lot of the Premier League strikers that would have dropped down to the Championship have, have already found suitors elsewhere. So are we going to be chasing our tails a bit if we look for a third forward at this point? We are, surely. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with both parts. Um I think obviously we didn't have, like I said earlier, we didn't have our management in place, you know, a good, you know, to our, for a couple of weeks, and teams were already sort of getting, um, you know, getting ahead, ahead of the game in terms of bringing players in, and and a lot of the supporters brought it up that we were quite slow off the mark to start bringing players in, and I think I've got, listen, I'm quite happy with the Scott Hogan signing, but he wouldn't have been my first choice. Um, and oh, I'm struggling to believe that he was our first choice, you know, uh, or a top striker, you know, transfer target. Um, so I think we were slow, um, but there's still a lot of movement still to come in the transfer in his transfer window, as we all know, and, and a lot of lot of movement happens sort of last day, um, you know, deadline day. So. I still think something could happen. Uh, be interesting to see if we do bring another striker in. I do think we need someone. It's definitely still outgoings to happen. Um, and, and with that brings um, wages, brings some sort of transfer fee in. 
for some of the players and, and potentially another spice or two in the squad. They can't, the door can't be closed options coming in. But outgoings, David Davis, uh, Kifton Beld. Uh, I mean, it's been announced that Seddon's gone out and load. So it's interesting. I think with Seddon going out, does that mean another defender will be coming back in? I say back in. Will a defender be coming in? <laughs> we said it before we came on. I think a centre back and a striker would be a, a solid end to the window. Be a, a really good window for us. I think. Um, I think maybe he's going along the lines of if Pedersen gets suspended or injured, he's got. George Friend to, to slot in at left back. He can then bring Roberts in to the centre back position. Uh, do I feel confident with Roberts at the back with Dean again? No. So I think we need another centre back. We need another centre back option. Potentially, maybe a centre back that's going to come in as a first first team player. But I'm quite happy with the back four as it is, and I'd be quite happy with the central defensive midfield as it is, as long as we play four two uh, three one. Um, but we definitely need at least two more players, like we said earlier. Interesting, you mentioned George Friend fitting in at left back, and obviously Roberts would be the uh, well, the only other real senior option to fit in at centre back for the time being. He obviously doesn't trust the Roberts and Dean partnership. Um, George Friend was his first signing when he came into the club. Uh, loads of people would say it was obvious he was going to bring him in. He was his, his Middlesbrough days and all that sort of nonsense. But to to make George Friend your first signing and immediately he walks into the uh, centre-back position, makes it his own. Yeah. There's something there. He won't want to put Roberts and Dean together again. It doesn't matter even if it's only for 45 minutes. He, he won't want to do that. So... For me, there's, there's got to be another centre-back coming in, surely. Whether that's immediate, uh, you know, imminent, or whether it takes the rest of the window, I think it's a must. I really do. Yeah, I don't like to single players out. I like Roberts as an individual, and I like and I like certain aspects of his game. He's superb in the air. Aerially, he's a superb defender. But on the deck, he's found out, and... If if we want to challenge in the top half of this division this season, we can't be having Roberts and Dean at the back for a sustained period of time. Um, so we need another centre-back, 100%. I don't think George Friends is going to have the legs to play 46 games or 46 consecutive games this season in the league. So I think we need to be looking at someone like Clark Salter coming back, which I don't think is going to happen. Or we need another centre-back options come in. Yeah, I also don't think that George Friend has really got it in his legs at this point in his career to be bombarded, bombing down the left wing from, from full-back position for too many games. So, exactly. um, if, if it's Pedersen that gets... Pedersen does obviously get an injury, I think that's um, a bit of a concern, but um, I don't know, perhaps trust with what they're doing I suppose we've said um, another year Absolutely. out of, another year out he's getting first team yeah. football week in week out mm. can only do him good surely Absolutely and I think a lot of 
Uh, a lot of people were surprised and upset by Seddon going, but he's not going to progress sitting on the bench as backup to Pedersen. It's not going to happen. He's too good. He's too good for that. I'm not saying he's he's good enough to start for us, but he's too good to sit on the bench. He needs to go and get first team football next season. He potentially could be our first choice left back or left wing back, however we want to play. So, you know, if Pedersen decides he, he you know wants to graft this season, shall we say? Uh, I'm trying to put it politically correct, but you know, I'm trying to put it kindly. Let's say here's some of his performances, uh, you know, since Christmas haven't been brilliant, but he has been improved since the start of this season. So if he does improve again, he probably will get a move. Um, so yeah, Seddon needs first team football. So yeah, great decision to put him out alone again. Wimbledon known well. Um, he's been there before, so and they're very pleased with him. So he's always scored on his first game as well. So yeah, yeah, good player to have back next, uh, next summer. Yeah, I suppose it's it's like you say, it's the uh, the the idea that if this just is the season that we 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 think at this point it will be, and it's just cementing Championship football, doing it comfortably. Um, not having to look over our shoulders too much and Pedersen puts himself in the shop window and and gets bought by, I don't know, or Watford or wherever it was that was in for him um, in January or what have you then said and your, your ready-made replacement, isn't it? Um, another, like you say, another year of first-team football. I think he's too good for League One, by the way, personally. I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying he's good enough to, to displace Pedersen this season, but I think for a League One side, he's um, he's as good a left back as you're going to get in that league. Personally, at this yeah. moment in time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not saying Pedersen's fantastic. You know, he, he's some of his performances the uh, last season were, you know, left a lot to be desired. So. Um, I think Seddon, Seddon started the season, didn't he, when we played three at the back um, and wing-backs. Started the season, he, he assisted a goal for Jimenez. Looked really bright. Um, I definitely think he's more of a suited to a, a wing-back uh, you know, position than a, than a left-back position. So he's definitely one for the future. I'm glad we put him out on loan. Yeah, and um, I mean... This episode of the uh, podcast wouldn't be complete without us really quickly touching base. Um, so, since the last time we've sat down and spoke, you've done a bit of um, bit of time on talk sport. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, for those um, those listening to the podcast who, who didn't hear Elliot's um, wonderful few minutes he had on air. Um, we'll hear from the man himself. Um, please explain for those listening exactly what he was on for and exactly how it went. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a car crash, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they weren't the easiest questions I've ever come across. Uh, in hindsight, I probably would have had, uh, you know, Google up on my phone. I had it, my phone on loudspeaker at the time. I could have quickly Googled the question, but I wasn't like thinking that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't thinking that quickly at the time. Uh, so the first question, I think I was two places out. I think I guessed 15th for our, our season in the Premier League at the time. I think it was 13th. So 
sort of outdone us by two two places there. And and then the last question was just ridiculous. Right, considering the Leeds fan had who was the ex Chelsea player that managed you in two thousand and five. I mean, come on, even I knew that one. Um, so yeah, it was a bit. I was just, I was a bit unfortunate with the questions. Plus being teamed up with uh, you know uh, that you know ex. Um, I don't want to say their name, player, um, had to sort of bring it up, didn't he, at the beginning, um, and almost hung up anyway, so, yeah, it wasn't a good start. Uh, yeah, well, uh, we'll see clear of putting you on there again, don't worry. Yeah, I think, um, I think I might shy away <laughs> from the next invite, to be honest, I might palm, palm that over to you. <laughs> yeah, funnily enough, I, uh, I said to Adam, he mentioned that it was it was going on, and I says, um, I, I says it, it's not for me. I'm a, I'm I'm not on holiday and I'm travelling. I says, I oh, give it to Elliot. He'll, he'll do fine, and uh, he won't let us down. Yeah, he won't oh, let us yeah. down. I says, and yeah, fair play, you showed up, you stuck it out to the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, turned up. You, you know, you just as successful as the. Uh, Blue squad from last season, so. Oh, thanks, mate. Appreciate that. That's quite a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> That's just about all we've got time for on this episode, anyway. But make sure you get us your questions on on the social media channels. Make sure you follow us and um, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching this on YouTube as well. Uh, spread the word. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, But until then, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.